This podcast is brought to you by the Specialty Produce Network. Welcome to Plated Earth, where we share at least a fraction of the crazy, wonderful, and insightful stories of produce. I'm your host, JJ. Plated Earth is also the official podcast of the Specialty Produce app. Please show your support for us and Specialty Produce by downloading the app and exploring one of the globe's most comprehensive fresh food databases. So what's on our plate today? Today we are sharing the story of mulberries. Despite what you may have learned in a popular childhood song featuring a monkey, a weasel, and a mulberry bush, the mulberry actually grows on a tree, not a bush. In fact, it can be a huge tree in the wild, some varieties easily reaching 80 feet high, with a large spreading canopy that provides ample shade. The fruit's impact extends beyond nursery rhymes and dates back to ancient times. The Chinese Medicine Bible refers to a dry mulberry leaf tea, sang yi sha, or godly hermit's tea as an immortal medicine and a miracle remedy. Vincent van Gogh featured the mulberry tree in more than one of his paintings, and Virgil, one of Rome's greatest poets, described it as the tree of gold. Ancient Greeks defined it as a tree with life-reviving potential, and because the tree only buds once frost is over, symbolizing patience, and buds overnight, symbolizing pragmatism and wisdom, they associated the mulberry with the Greek goddess of wisdom, Athena. The mulberry has been celebrated by emperors, poets, and artists throughout time, and depicted in various literary works, such as those by William Shakespeare. So what is this fruit that has left its mark all over the world, yet seems so obscure in today's market? Let's take a closer look. There are more than 100 species of mulberries belonging to the family Moraceae, also called the mulberry or fig family, and they are in the genus Morris, one of the most complex in the plant kingdom. So complex, in fact, that there's no concrete consensus on the exact number of species of mulberries, and numerous hybrids further complicate their classification. Although, like I said, there are at least 100 different species that have been documented, only 10 to 16 of those are accepted as true species among the botanical community. The most widely recognized varieties of the mulberry tree include white, red, black, Texas, African, and Chinese mulberries. The three major types from this group are the red mulberry— botanically called Morris rubra, and also known as the American mulberry, the white mulberry, Morris alba, and the black mulberry, Morris nigra. Mulberry trees come in a variety of shapes and sizes. For instance, the white mulberry can tower up to 80 feet, while the black mulberry barely reaches 30 feet and often grows as a bush if not trained. The red mulberry is somewhere in the middle, with a max height of about 70 feet in good conditions. These trees can tolerate a wide range of conditions, being fairly resistant to drought, cold, and even pollution, making them well-suited for growing in cities. They have a great ability to rejuvenate themselves, and even trees that have blown down in a storm with their roots exposed can continue to grow and set fruit for many years. The red mulberry can live for about 75 years, but the black mulberry can live and produce fruit for centuries. Mulberry trees have a lengthy growing season, ensuring an abundant crop, And all you have to do to harvest mulberries is place a blanket under a tree and shake the branches until the fruit falls. It sounds so easy. Why would anyone not want to plant a mulberry tree? Well, there are some downsides depending on how you look at it. The berries are known to stain driveways as they fall easily to the ground. The trees are wind-pollinated and do not require cross-pollination, 
and are known to reproduce like weeds. They are also infamous for attracting insects, which equals a lot of pollen. They are even considered invasive in some areas of the U.S., and cities such as El Paso, Texas, and Phoenix, Arizona, have banned the planting of new mulberry trees due to the amount of pollen they produce. When grown from seed, although the tree itself grows pretty quickly, it takes most mulberry trees about 5 to 10 years to reach maturity and start bearing fruit. Botanically, the fruit is not a berry, but rather a collective fruit, technically an aggregate of many tiny fruit clusters that contain a single seed, aka drupes, arranged around a central stem. They're similar in appearance to an elongated blackberry, although they can ripen to a deep red, purple, or white depending on the variety. But the color doesn't always identify the type of mulberry, as for example, white mulberries can produce white, lavender, or even black fruit. White mulberries are typically very sweet with little tartness, while red and black mulberries have a good balance of sweet and tart flavors, sometimes with a hint of baking spices or woody cedar. The fruit's texture is so fragile and the syrupy flesh is so deeply colored that, as I briefly mentioned before, they can stain at the slightest touch. So even though the trees are insanely productive, some of them producing a couple hundred pounds of fruit per year, it is their fragility and tendency to bruise and leak easily that they are not so commercially viable. So how did they gain enough popularity to spread across the globe? Let's take a look back into the mulberry's history. The black mulberry is native to Western Asia and has been grown for its fruits in Europe since before Roman times. The red or American mulberry is native to the eastern United States from Massachusetts to Kansas and down to the Gulf Coast. The white mulberry is native to eastern and central China, though it became naturalized in Europe centuries ago with the westward expansion of the Silk Road. The tree was eventually introduced into America in early colonial times, where it would naturalize and hybridize with the native red mulberry. The mulberry has been used throughout Asia, Europe, the Middle East, and India as a healing food and traditional medicine to restore health, with evidence of its use dating back more than 5,000 years. Mulberry leaves are actually considered one of the oldest herbs used by man, and legends from Chinese culture that are thousands of years old describe the mulberry as the tree of life and the herb of immortality, thanks to its high source of vitamin and mineral content, which provides miraculous ability to boost vitality and support good health. Researchers have even debated over a possible mistranslation in the Bible in reference to a sycamore tree that may actually have been a mulberry tree. Historical records suggest that Romans used the leaves of mulberry trees as far back as the Roman Empire for the treatment of various diseases of the mouth, trachea, and lungs. Rich with antioxidants, beta-carotene, iron, potassium, manganese, folic acid, and vitamins A, C, K, and B complex, just to scratch the surface, these little fruits definitely pack a healthy punch. So was it their health benefits that helped them spread? Maybe, in part, and over their long history, many other medicinal uses were discovered. But what really propelled the mulberry tree to fame was its use in the silk industry. Mulberry leaves are used to feed silkworms in order to enhance silk production, a practice that began in China. China managed to keep their elaborate silk production process a secret for about 1,000 years. By the 5th century, at least six provinces were involved in silkworm production and the weaving, dyeing, and embroidering of silk items. Silk was such an important product from China that the trade route from Europe to China became known as the Silk Road. Mulberry leaves are actually the sole food source of the silkworm, and once the secret got out, and some silkworms were smuggled out of China in the 6th century, commercial cultivation of mulberry trees, especially the white mulberry, was promoted in various parts of the world outside of just China. In fact, the reason white mulberries were ever introduced into colonial America was to encourage silk production, 
though the endeavor was found to be too expensive and proved unsuccessful. Nevertheless, mulberries now thrive in America and can be grown in nearly every state, the only exceptions being Nevada and Alaska. As far as the mulberries' rise to fame in congruence with the silk industry, mulberries remain prolific in modern-day Turkey, where the famous Turkish silk carpets are distributed worldwide. In general today, mulberries still grow in China, throughout the eastern Mediterranean, the Middle East, northern Africa, and regions of the U.S. Clearly, silk is no longer the only way to use the mulberry tree. So how about using the fruit itself? Mulberries are commonly used in baked goods, especially pies, as well as in ice creams, sorbets, jams, jellies, and beverages. They're well-suited for dehydrating, and like berries, they can be added fresh or dried to salads. They can even be used to make wine. Mulberries can often be substituted for blackberries, but note that they are considerably sweeter and have lower moisture content. Depending on the recipe, you may want to remove the fibrous inner stem before use. Mulberries ripen exceedingly fast and are highly perishable, Therefore, they should be eaten soon after harvest or frozen and stored for later use. Complementary pairings include berries, stone fruit, citrus, cream, young cheeses such as burrata, pork, duck, wild game, arugula, fresh herbs like basil or mint, and baking spices. The white mulberry has a light and sweet flavor, while the black mulberry arguably has the strongest flavor with equal parts sweet and tart. And although red mulberries have a similar flavor, the black mulberries tend to be larger and juicier. Therefore, they are more often used in cooking. In addition to the ripe fruit, mulberry leaves are also edible and are commonly used comparably to grape leaves, creating stuffed leaf recipes. In some cultures, as we touched on earlier, the leaves are well-respected for their medicinal value and have been known to help with blood glucose levels. However, it is important to note that mulberry leaves must be cooked before they are eaten. Why? Well, the unripe berries and the white sap from any part of the mulberry tree, including the leaves, is said to be mildly toxic. Bottom line, better to be safe than sorry. So go explore your local farmer's markets, check specialty grocery stores, or plant a mulberry tree for your own private supply. And if you find yourself relaxing on the weekend in your favorite silky robe, remember the history that is weaved right into that fabric. And thank a mulberry farmer for keeping so many traditions, culinary and otherwise, alive to this day. Well, folks, that concludes this week's episode. Be sure to follow at Specialty Produce App on Instagram for some amazing produce photos. And while you're on there, give us a follow at Plated Earth. As always, you can find more information, recipe ideas, and local market shares on the Specialty Produce App. Tune in next time for more food fables. And remember, cauliflower is nothing but a cabbage with a college education. We'll catch you next time. Music